You're listening to PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast. This is episode 52. In this episode, we are going to hear the experience of Cindy Cecilio, PT, Doctor of Physical Therapy, in working in a psychiatric hospital and managing patients with psychiatric or mental health diagnosis. Cindy is based in Illinois and has been working in a psychiatric hospital for more than three years now. In this episode, we talked about what the reasons are why she wanted to work in a psychiatric facility, what it's like to work there, and what types of patients does she see, how she deals or approaches patients in this setting, what challenges and perks does she face and experience, uh, what a typical day looks like, and what advice can she share to physical therapists looking into practicing in a psychiatric setting. So, let's take a listen. So, welcome back to another episode of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, your weekly serving of insights, information, and inspiration from the experience and expertise of Filipino physical therapists. I am Johan De La Paz, your host, and let's go on with the show. So, um, in today's episode, we are going to t- discuss one area or specialty in physical therapy that is not much talked about or practiced, at, or, um, which is the uh, psychiatric physical therapy. So, in other episodes, we have heard physical therapists in acute care handling um, some patients with mental disorders. But today we are going to talk to a physical therapist who worked in a psychiatric facility. Let me welcome my guest for today, Cindy Senesteban. Welcome to the podcast, Cindy. Um, hi. Hi, Johan. Um, actually, my name now is Cindy Cecilio. <laughs> Cindy Cecilio. All right. Okay. Cindy okay. Cecilio. All right. <laughs> All right, welcome okay. to the uh, podcast, Cindy. Oh, thank you. You know, I tried to get away with this, right? What's that? <laughs> I tried to get away with this <laughs> for a but few th- months. <laughs> but thank yeah. you for still uh, putting, uh, we call it, spending your time with us and sharing what your experience is like in the psychiatric facility. Uh, so, yeah, I, I met Cindy in because uh, I posted a question in the Academy of Filipino-American Physical Therapy group in Facebook and asking for a perspective in, in getting a position in a psychiatric hospital. And, and she was gracious enough to answer my questions coming from a stranger and, and gave some sound advice in, in pursuing that post. So I'm sure a lot of people would be curious as well in what it's like to be a physical therapist in a psychiatric uh, setting. So uh, before we start, could you give us a little background on how you started uh, your physical therapy journey, how you started to become a physical therapist? Um, yes, um, I started uh, PT in the U.S. in 2009. Um, I started as a traveling therapist um, in different settings, um, long-term, short-term, um, hospital setting, um, assisted living, independent living. So I was everywhere, basically mm-hmm. for five years. And then um, the company absorbed me as their full-time therapist, but I'm still traveling that time. So after seven and a half years, we moved in Chicago suburbs. And um, that's where I, I got the job in the psych hospital. So, so for, um, as of now, I've been working with them over three, three years. So mm-hmm. far, it's, I'm still there. I survive, I'm surviving. <laughs> Right, three years is a long time. Uh, so, um, so how, let's now talk about like why did you decide to go into or apply any psychiatric physical therapy uh, like setting area? 
uh, it's more on convenience, actually. Um, I needed a job closer to home mm-hmm. because I have kids. Um, I need to pick them up if it, in case of emergency, something like that. But I really planned. I really didn't plan it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tried because that's the only, um, you know, when you apply different um, jobs in different facilities, um, whoever ca- called you first, <laughs> you're going to get something like that. Mm-hmm. So job and then after that the jobs that I like began calling but I already accepted the job so so far um, um I, I got adjusted after a few weeks um we have a good team mm-hmm. otherwise I would not survive because first week uh, on training mm-hmm. um as soon as I got home I told my husband um I don't think I can do the job because um, one of the nurses in one unit was attacked by a patient. Wow. So um, there was a code. You know, when, when there's a patient acting up, um, they will call a code. And the first thing, uh, a lot of staff are coming from different units. They will do physical hold. Mm-hmm. Patient will still be fighting and then they will do restraint. Right. Some- that so it was scary i don't want to be you know attacked i'm so tiny (laughs) (laughs) but um the patient attacked a nurse that's a male tall male and the patient is bigger than the nurse Mm -hmm. and the nurse was still shaking so Mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a good first week Mm -hmm. but um we have a really good (laughs) good team in there who who who's very helpful and you will never be alone in the in the unit oh wow always help mm-hmm. so what was your um qualms uh in agam agam when you went into that setting any mga iniisip mong mga issues na pwede mong kaharapin um i didn't um actually i was a little bit confident when i had my interview because i was like i i handled behavior uh with patients you know i worked dementia unit um something like that mm-hmm. and expect like majority of our caseload is geriatrics mm-hmm. 80 to 90 percent are our geriatric units and then uh, a few of those are kids mm-hmm. eight years old up to 17 or 18 and 18 and above is adults or up to 60 or 70 or 80 years old. So I thought I know how to handle the job mm-hmm. behavior wise, but um, I-, I learned as I go, you know, like if you can't handle it, just, just step back mm-hmm. for help. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Right. So, um, this I was thinking about something okay um, before we move on further can for the for the benefit of the listeners can you describe to us the type of facility that you are in is it like um, outpatient inpatient do you see patients in your clinic or do you see them in their rooms or so how is it what's the uh, practice like um, okay we are um, a locked building um, we have a main hospital and we are like next to it it's um you can't enter the building without a badge or id everything is electronic and then we all have set of keys each mm-hmm. so we have a key on the bedroom every time there's no patient in the bedroom it should be locked even the bathroom 
So there's um, we ha- we have keys in any rooms, mm-hmm. um, and I work purely inpatient. Mm-hmm. It's about um, 140, 150 beds. Um, there's another therapist um, that I work with, two of us as main therapists. We have a few therapists trained from the main hospital. Um, we call it CPI trained for crisis management um, who can work or help us when we're so busy. Um, so I work mainly inpatient. Um, there's outpatient, but we don't, we don't deal with those patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so for setup, um, we have different units, um, three, uh, three geriatric units. Um, basically, it's um, based on orientation. Um, the first one is alert oriented zero to one. The second is alert times two. And then the third is times three, the high level geriatrics. Um, we have um, alcohol dependency unit, detox, um, chemical dependency. So that's another unit. Um, we have eating disorder and self-injury unit um, from younger kids to some adults. Um, and then we have um, the, uh, uh, we call it adult services, but their age is like um, 18 to 59, something like that. Geriatric starts at 60 up. So, um, we have kids, um, youth services. Um, it begins from eight years old to 17, I think, oh, okay. or, eight, or nine. Yeah, as young as nine, nine years old. So it is set up like that. So based on age group, so they can relate when they have groups. Um, mm-hmm. um, and then um, what else? Um, it's uh, there's only one um, in geriatrics. There's grab bars at the hallway, but mm-hmm. those grab bars are half bars, right. not grab. It's covered. Uh-huh. Um, because um, some patient will use it, you know, to kill themselves. Right. To tie a um, blanket mm-hmm. there, as in the bathroom. Right. A bar is not a full grab bar; it's a half. Mm-hmm. Um, the shower rooms, um, it's um, the curtains. Um, it's if they try to kill themselves less than a pound, it will fall off. Okay. Um, even the doors, it's uh-huh. not regular doors. Uh-huh. It's smooth half. Like uh-huh. they use it to heart, uh, harm or uh-huh. hurt themselves. themselves. The doorknobs, um, the faucets too it's motion sensor it's really something smooth edges you know they can't use anything to hurt themselves mm-hmm. um uh, only geriatric population uses medical bed but our medical bed it doesn't have that bars mm-hmm. um that you can um ho- uh, put the call light we don't have call lights we don't have anything rope that they can tie, tie right. all right thing is is um you know, you can just press it. It's the buttons are there. Mm-hmm. Press if they needed help. There's no TV in the bedrooms. There's there's nothing. Oh okay. Um, the nightstand are bolted on the floor. Uh huh. For geriatrics, for younger population, their beds are not medical bed. Mm-hmm. Just regular rectangle bed. Mm-hmm. One pillow, um, and it's bolted on the floor because if aggressive they can't use it same as their chairs in the bedroom it weighs like 300 pounds 
Oh. That you can't lift it. It's right. so right. and same as the tables that they need. It's all bolted. So that's for safety of everyone. So you see all um, ages population in in your in your practice as uh, in the in your facility. So from child to geriatrics, and you also mentioned the different um, like why they were there, like for for alcohol detox, for substance detox, and and eating disorders and stuff. So as physical therapy, uh, as a physical as a physical therapist, so what do you see these patients for? Like for example, like. Uh, let's start with pediatrics for the kids. What do you, what do you see them for for physical therapy? Um, for the kids, um, um, like the kids came in with knee injury, knee surgery from school. Okay. So, or they fell. They have ankle issues. Mm-hmm. Of so the kids, um, they fall. Mainly behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, they they will still be referred to me mm-hmm. uh, for assessment. Um, they're aggressive or sometimes medication related. Okay. Yeah, medication. That's for kids. Um, mm-hmm. It's not very common mm-hmm. to get girls, but sometimes they have assessment once they get admitted. Mm-hmm. Um, for kids, they do the Humpty Dumpty scale for falls. If the score is greater than 12, um, I get orders to some of them. Mm-hmm. It means they're at high fall risk. Okay. So that's the youth or the kids. Um, what's next? Uh, adults. Uh, adults. Um, some of them also fall related. Mm, okay. For adults 18 and above, they do a Morse uh, scale. If the score is greater than 24 or 25 above, they will fall on moderate fall risk. And then skilled PT is, um, is recommended or they, they write an order for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's more on false. That's, false as well. Uh-huh. Uh, how about geriatrics? Is it still false? Yeah, false. <laughs> <laughs> false weakness. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, weakness, balance issues. Because uh, it's 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 the same. Um, it's yeah. this objective as as inpatient, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an added site um, issue, which is right. uh, makes it. You know, fun. Difficult. <laughs> well, fun. Yeah. Yeah, Difficult fun. and fun. <laughs> well, no, no um, moment then. <laughs> right, right. Um, you, you've mentioned a lot like Humpty Dumpty scale and what's the, the other one? A more. A more. M O R S E. Yeah. More scale. Mm-hmm. All right. That's good that you mentioned that because I was about to ask you that because I'm, I'm also working in a psych facility, but it's, it's more of. A, it's it's a maximum security psych facility that um, caters for like um, mentally disordered uh, mentally disordered offenders and and as I've mentioned earlier like um, people who can't be released in the community uh, because they may be a danger to themselves or to others. So um, I was having a hard time like trying to get some um, standardized tests to administer to them because. In my case, they're mostly adults and geriatrics. And and my main issues that I see them for are, are pain, low back pain, neck pain, uh, knee pain. So it's really hard. It's hard to administer standardized tests with most of the items there are not applicable to them. 
Uh-huh. So like like socializing or traveling, they they don't travel. They just stay in that in the facility. So what other? How do you deal with that? So how what? How do you aside from the fall scales? Um, do you do you use other standardized tests in in your facility? Uh, that's it. When they get admitted, that's uh-huh. the main test to mm-hmm. get PT. PT. Mm-hmm. Um, for my my assessment, um, I normally do bird if they can. Find directions mm-hmm. and some special tests yeah just like you said um for adult yeah we, i'm also working on those low back pains mm-hmm. um other other sometimes somatic issues actually that is not real mm-hmm. right <laughs> that, that's so you have to do standardized tests uh-huh. that that it's it's not real uh-huh. and really it's it's very uh, what do you call this? I'm. I was having uh, my first few days and weeks there. I was like having a headache. I was like, I am treating the 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 patient, thinking it's really like when you're practicing in other settings, you know that you you trust the patient's um, subjective report, right, with history taking and stuff. But in this type of setting, you can you you just take their history like with a grain of salt, and you tr- trust your your assessment more than what they're saying and also talk to talk to the nurses and stuff and staff about how they they see the patients right is that also how you how you deal with these patients in your in your setting yeah uh-huh. yeah i have to talk to the nurse sometimes it takes me longer to do chart review mm-hmm. than working with a patient because i need to know how to what to say right to approach them, what not to say, mm-hmm. especially if the patient has PTSD, I have to avoid topics. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned my lesson with that. I have a patient. Um, uh, she, we were talking about um, because we just moved in the area. You know, I'm asking for places to live, and then she, she is, uh, she's like, "Why are you asking me where I where I live?" Something like that. Right. But, um, uh, right. She be um she doesn't want anybody to know where she's located right something like that mm-hmm. so, oh um mm-hmm. i just moved in the area i'm looking for a place to settle with my family mm-hmm. right right and, uh, yeah calm down with that <laughs> so at first i was I, I was trying to balance that trying to read their chart and not reading their chart first before evaluating because i don't want to have like a bias Going into uh, do evaluation, but um, one of uh, the other uh, occupational therapists told me that you have to read the chart first, so that you would know the precautions, what they're here for, what are the things that triggers them. So, so I learned my lesson as well because I'm like, oh, you're right, I should have read that because when one time and she said like, oh, this patient of ours is, um, I forget. I forgot the term that she used, but it's, it's uh, the patient spits, the patient th- uh, throws feces and other fluid to stuff. I forgot the term for that, but and when he, she mentioned that to me, I was like, I didn't see that. But inside me, I, I was telling myself, I actually didn't read the, the, the history. So I was like, mm-hmm. I learned my lesson there. So the your facility is an acute care facility. How long do they stay there? Um... A week uh, to a month, others longer, depending um, on treatment. Like 
they will try a lot of uh, combination of psychotropic medicine mm-hmm. work. They have a last resort called ECT, convulsive mm-hmm. therapy. Um, they induce seizure, controlled seizure in a patient under anesthesia. Wow. So it's done three times a week, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Some It depends on the psychiatrist. If mm-hmm. the psychiatrist wants six treatments, it's up to 12 treatments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's like um, sometimes it, you can see miraculously the patient gets better. Others, it doesn't work for them, but uh-huh. them gets better. It's like uh, for severe depression with some psychosis, they're not in touch with reality. Right. Uh, some, uh, yeah, it helps uh, with them. Um, catatonic patients, like after a few treatments, they they're started talking, more engaged. Oh, wow. And with um, dementia patients mm-hmm. that aggressive and agitated in their facilities. They are sent to us for treatment. Sometimes they start with meds and it doesn't work. They're still aggressive. They're hit, uh, fighting, you know. Um, yeah, they get ECP. Some gets better. Um, what else? Wow, I look into that. Bipolar. Yeah, bipolar disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's too manic, the patient mm-hmm. is that kind of treatment. Mm-hmm. And, and you see these patients as alongside with their treatments or not all of them, but some of them? Yeah. yeah. Um, normally, I pick them up even if they started at high level, mm-hmm. because after the treatment, they're more um, they become more confused. Ah, uh, gotcha. Hours to few days, mm-hmm. their memory impairment, um, and then they they get weak. Mm-hmm. They, so yeah, I see them. Okay. So working under strength, balance, and walking. I see. So your main goal there is to make them safe while they're in the facility. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so for, for for this types of patient, you, I think you already like touched on the few, like uh, reading the chart first and, and stuff. Um, but what are the, what's different or what are the considerations when, when treating patients with, with psychiatric conditions or mental um, disorders? that you, you personally uh, try to do every time you do an evaluation or treatment to a patient? Um, for, I do um, very long chart review. I also consider looking what are the meds they're taking, um, if, especially the PRN medication. Mm-hmm. They get like 10 to every four hours, they get 10 milligram of Haldol or Ativan or Cyprexa. You know, mm-hmm. those, they're very agitated normally. I will be expecting that they are knocked down. Mm-hmm. They won't do anything or they are very unsteady. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes um, I look on the medication side effect on the patient. Mm-hmm. Like one of the, if they are getting a lot of PRN or new medication, um, they will be, they have, um, you have to look on, on the side effects like Parkinsonism. Um, right. They they will have resting tremors. They will be so stiff. Um, mm-hmm. I have a patient this week that um, they are drooling a lot. Mm-hmm. They were not doing that a few days, or and or sometimes they have torticollis stiffness, like it's oh. corrected. Yeah, and it's not painful. Something mm-hmm. like that. they are leaning a lot on one side. Mm-hmm. 
and um, and they're walking. It's different. It's like Parkinson's. They're shuffling. It's it's really unsteady. Like I'm I'm scared to walk them sometimes. Like they're mm-hmm. gonna fall. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I need another another staff to do uh-huh. it just to to see. And then it has to be communicated by the doctor. Um, others are like having cerebellar symptoms, mm-hmm. like abnormal movements. Uh-huh. The doctor always asks me for that all those symptoms that I see when I, uh, when I walk them or move them. Uh, what else? Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Wow, wow, wow. So you have... Yeah, there's a lot to look at, but basically uh-huh. that's my main um, for the day. And also, uh, same as in any setting, the labs, mm-hmm. check the INR, you know, hemoglobin. Right. Um, yeah. So, oh, that's because you're in acute care. It's really important mm-hmm. to see the labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see. Gotcha. How many how many uh, patients do you see usually in a day? Um, up to eight. I try. Actually, it's really hard. I try to do eight evals in one day. It took me twelve hours, so I'm not going to do that again. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be a uh, super PT, but no, it's mm-hmm. it's not good. <laughs> I can do five to six evals. Uh huh. But how many like for for uh, routine or treatment? Uh, how it many? Should be eight. It should eight. be like uh-huh. for eight hour day. Yeah. Uh huh. Gotcha. Because uh, we recently have productivity. Um, wow. Yeah, uh-huh. Right. Like for for but for me, I I'm seeing patients like ten ten patients a day, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but since it's usually quick quick um sessions because a lot of them don't want to stay in uh-huh. the room for a long time and. And do their exercises, so that's somewhat manageable for for me. Uh, the, are you the only physical therapist there, or do you have other? Um, I am the main, yeah, therapist. Uh, but the the uh, other therapists are, are from the main hospital. Did from, you get help? Yeah, we get help. And you mentioned earlier that you have like um, crisis uh, CPI training. Yeah, crisis. Uh, yes, crisis management. We do the nonviolent approach. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, so what start, is it that? Uh, basically, we start with verbal de-escalation if the patient is acting up. So, uh-huh. talk to the patient. You know, if they don't calm down, they're still aggressive, agitated. That's when they call a code. Um, in the whole hospital, whoever is available, staff they can help, and they're still fighting. You know, so we start physical hold. There's a code leader. It does. It's not done by one person. It's like mm-hmm. or twenty staff mm-hmm. wow. there. So we do physical hold if it's really big. You know, maybe more than ten. One supports the head uh-huh. between the joints. Uh-huh. So we're holding them, and from and hips up to the legs. Mm-hmm. And still fighting. They won't agree with whatever you know to calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to put them on restraint. Right. We're all trained how to put restraint. Wow. You were trained to do that? All staff, yeah. We, we, it's a yearly training to how to put restraint. Uh-huh. One joint at a time. Uh, one joint, yeah. One, one restraint. Area at a time, uh-huh. Yeah, area at a time. There's a code leader. Uh-huh. If you get injured with that, um, you have to go to the ER. Like mm-hmm. you said. They spit in your eyes. They hit you in the face. They bite you. Yeah, you have, you to, have to, go. to get a medical. And you ha- also 
have the right to, you know, file a police report or, you know, complain. Mm-hmm. They're there. We don't do, you know, file a case on a patient. Uh-huh. But yeah. it's better just to report it, just, just for documentation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it, it, well it's, it's like your practice is different from mine because as a support staff, we're just trained to sound the alarm, to call for help. It's the psychiatric technicians and the nurses, I guess, who are trained to go to where the patients is or are that is acting up, restrain them, put restraints on them, or verbally de-escalate or whatever. But mm-hmm. wow, wow, <laughs> wow, that's yeah. that's that's something, huh? Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to act whenever that happens. Look. Whenever I see uh, the alarms being pulled off and when, when patients are being restrained, I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> am I just going to stand here? And, and, and the, the, the staff is nice enough to say like, okay, just stay there. We're going to do this. And, and they're like, they, they all rush towards the patient mm-hmm. when the police officers are there rushing uh-huh. to the patient, trying to like, like, 20 plus people already in the patient just trying to uh-huh. escalate everything like wow that's uh-huh. that's a rush <laughs> yeah and we in that cpi too we are uh we have to position ourselves uh it's supposed to be um one and a half to three three feet away from the patient which but now you know six feet apart uh-huh. but <laughs> um we have to be always standing by the door mm-hmm. on a way exit. Right. We turn our backs. We're always sideways, a stance. Yeah, we're always like some, you You have to act para- paranoid. Too. Paranoid, right. Someone's going to attack you from behind. Mm-hmm. So something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I forget that. Sometimes, because I, when, I, when I do treatment inside their units, and I, I asked them to like I bring them the table. Sometimes I was I face them, but my back is uh, facing the door. And I, I sometimes forget that I should like lean sideways so I can still see them, see the door in my peripheral vision. Like like sometimes yeah. I catch myself that it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Yeah, make sure you're safe too. Mm-hmm. Do they also teach you like? Um, self-defense uh, um it's supposed to be on the cpi we we have pictures um but uh, like they pull your hair what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah like that yeah something like that yeah we, we did a, a brief course as well in, in in our um main training like if they if the patient holds you in chokehold what are you gonna do like put your arms in and like Go up as fast as you can, or go down like a, and yeah, that's like that. Like us. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Like wow. Like if you're gonna practice it, it's easy. But if you're already there, I don't. I'm not sure if I can like do all the moves that they 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 taught me there. So like, if you're already in that moment, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Do you also mm-hmm. have like personal alarms with you, or do you just shout if you need help? Yeah, we just shout if we need. Because um, it's it's small units built like and you can we have units that are only ten patients. Others mm. 
of others the 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 longest unit or it's up to 25 patients i think mm-hmm. so there's enough staff to monitor everyone wow. they uh they have a we have a 15 minute check round checking all the doors mm-hmm. make sure the patient are alive you know or right. or still there no uh-huh. one has a low yeah, right. Some patients are smart enough to figure out that we're using I- our IDs or badge to th- uh, go open out, the doors. open the door, so they will grab your badge, mm-hmm. run away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they will call um elopement uh, code. Uh-huh. Who's uh, what, how does the patient look like? Mm-hmm. Um, some some patients also that are very elopement risk. Okay. Um, they have an order in the chart that. If they're um, they wanted to wear they, their shoes, um, they should and pants. They should be wearing gown and on top. But you know, the, we have to identify that they are a patient. Mm-hmm. They can't use a full clothing if they have a shoes. Yeah, because they uh-huh. can't shoes in the unit that that has shoelaces. Uh-huh. It should be like velcro. No, yeah, mm-hmm. no velcros, no shoelaces. Ah, uh-huh, no velcros as well. Uh-huh. Anything that they can use to tie or we call it contraband. Mm-hmm. Try right. to identify those, but when they get admitted, they they already uh, check all the belongings. Mm-hmm. It's not uh they can't bring it in the room. They, it right. has in the bin room. They will give it to them when they when they discharge. Mm-hmm. What what else? Yeah, we, we have identified which one they hide. Mm-hmm. When it's like even fork they can right now right. yeah because they can use it to kill them or hurt themselves mm-hmm. um, self-injury eating disorder units mm-hmm. i count the utensils after eating um other patients are like um trying to cut um the edges of the blankets mm-hmm. right yeah That's true. so they have to check they check that too and recently that patient needs to have a mask. The, the nose wire. There's no nose wire on the patients. We have to remove them if we mm-hmm. need to put a mask. Right. Because they can use it to hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, so, you're really thinking about the things that they might use to uh-huh. hurt themselves or hurt others. Yeah. Uh, what are the... Uh, I was about to ask something. Um what are the aside from patients acting up what are the challenges that do you encounter or do you anticipate each day that you work with a patient um for pt mm-hmm. um, i i think we're dealing if we have a patient admitted um ortho patients mm-hmm. like the patient recently had um orif mm-hmm. hips- we are in knee surgery. We don't have information from the ortho. Uh, oh. Admitted their psych reasons. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, there's delay of treatment or evaluation on my part because uh-huh. I don't know, if I don't know the weight-bearing status, I'm not right. going to touch that patient. So it takes me a day or two um, to, to find out because the medical doctor doesn't know also. Mm-hmm. We know the patient has recent surgery. Mm-hmm. But um, if the patient does not sign a release of information to anybody, there's no way for us to find out. Right. You can't access it unless he, they, they approve it. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, this is, um, I remember another question. We were talking about contrabands. Um, one of my struggles in, in the setting is I'm not able to bring equipment inside their facility because we're talking about they might use it as um, a weapon right so in your in your treatment what are the things that you use or do you still use do you use like resistance equipments in your strengthening or how do you do that how do you approach that um when you when you when you go for like strengthening program um i i really use nothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically um i only have gate belt with me if uh-huh. it's safe to use with a patient right is aggressive or suicidal i don't use it mm-hmm. only give a walker to mm-hmm. a, um even if it's a, a 12 year old or 15 year old patient mm-hmm. um, which they don't like i'm telling uh-huh. it's a walker right. I mean, or a cane yeah um, they don't like they, they don't like the walker but the crane that she cre- i would canes and crutches are not allowed as well we don't give canes or crutches because, yes, they use it as a weapon to hurt themselves or others. Um, no, I don't use weights or therabands mm-hmm. for doing basically active exercises. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Yeah. Um, standing balance exercises, um, holding on to those half grab bars, <laughs> half bars yeah. that I'm doing, mm-hmm. walking. So you just have to be a little creative or sometimes right. just put resistance, manual mm-hmm. resistance if you want like mm-hmm. for strengthening that's all we're doing it's really simple the treatment is really easy mm-hmm. it's the patient's behavior how will you get them engaged mm-hmm. in an activity um yeah so that's true mm-hmm. compliance and and participation is is the the biggest thing i i also f- experience in, in my setting like if they say no, it's no. <laughs> if they don't want it, they don't want it. <laughs> I know. I have a patient this week. He's yelling at me. And I have to tell him, you don't have to yell at me. You just have to say no. Mm-hmm. Exercise. Right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? The fun stuff. When I enter a patient's room, mm-hmm. you just, you, I, before COVID, you know, we can just go do that. Now they're on isolation. Um. So uh, when I enter a patient's room, um, I just say hi, and I'm going to use profanity so you can just <laughs> do uh-huh. like shut up, bitch, something like that, or get a F out of here. Yeah, uh-huh. they're, they're saying all those kind of stuff. I'm used uh-huh. to that. Mm-hmm. Redirect, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes they don't like physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So... So you have to slowly say it like, hi, I'm here. Do you want to get up? Do you, um, do you need to go to the bathroom first? I'm mm-hmm. here to help you. So I'm, 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 I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Cindy. I'm here. Um, I help patients here basically to, to walk, to maintain their strength, make sure you won't fall. It's called physical therapy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So or, or I don't give them options. Let's walk. Mm-hmm. You never, never an option because they will always say no. No, um, correct, correct. And it's also like different, different patients with different approaches. Like mm-hmm. there is a patient that, because because uh, my my demon is really like calm, firm, calm. 
but for one of the patients I was seeing when the staff told me to do so, it's to be really firm and not calm. Like, come here, let's get up. Let's walk. Let's do our exercise. That's it. And that's not my, my style. I, usually my style is, all right, I, um, are you ready for walking? Things like that. So like, it's, it's really like trying to adjust for each patient, each patient's personality and behavior. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Sometimes I haven't even said anything. The patient will say, you are so stupid. And then oh. the nurse heard it and said, don't worry, Cindy. She just called me moron. And like, mm. oh, I should be happy. I'm only stupid. <laughs> and yeah, she just called me pro- prostitute. Okay. Uh-huh. So something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So those are the things that are really like dynamic in terms of uh-huh. psychiatric physical therapy uh-huh. so we've talked about a lot of like those challenges so what is um what are the things that you enjoy working in in this type of setting um it's it's always like you you don't know what's gonna happen during the day <laughs> uh-huh. okay so that's a good thing you're gonna see it's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and and the team are really good mm-hmm. they're they're really helpful. Otherwise, I will not last until until now. Yeah, very helpful. If you can't do the job, um, just ask for help. Like, um, I have times that I can't do it. Like, in, in my first patient for the day, I'm so drained already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's draining. It's depressing. That patient is so negative. You know, you, you absorb it. Right. That's true. And I will tell the other therapist, because I, I, there's two of us. Um, I thought I will tell her like I can't. Uh, if you can see her or him next time, because I need a little break from this patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll see the patient again after after that session. If if you're also not comfortable working, so we we do that all the time just to maintain our sanity. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. What what else? Yeah. Just it's it's the team that makes me stay. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. I understand that because they're they're in in my facility as well. Everyone's very supportive. Like when I go mm-hmm. to each unit to see a patient, mm-hmm. they would ask, "Do you want me to get the patient? Do you want me to be here with you?" And um, they always ask me, "Oh, how is the patient?" So it's very collaborative. It's very um, you help each other out in terms of. The care for a patient. That's what. That's also what I like uh, about working in a psychiatric facility. So, um, can you give us a, a picture? What's a typical day for you like from from the moment that you get there to to leaving at the end of the shift? Uh, uh, the one who do the schedule is the other therapist I work with because. Okay. I- I don't work early. <laughs> I have to drop off my kids, you know, uh-huh. go to work. Um, and then, uh, yeah, once I get there, I already have a schedule for the day. My priorities are the evals. So sometimes I do evals almost every day. She does the treatments. Um, and I spend more time with chart reviews. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, and then we have a meeting like 10 o'clock uh, for, 
for all uh there's only two of us so it's either me or her we have as we call safety huddle we have to one of us should attend on that meeting because uh that's where falls are reported so we mm. have which one who fell for the day yeah mm. and then that that's when after that meeting i have to go to the floor until lunch yeah mm. so my priorities are evals and then lunch break and then go to the patient um we base i basically do patient treatment patient 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 we mm. don't we don't do point of service documentation um it's because we can't bring a laptop or anything they might the patient might throw it on you when they right. get angry um yeah so by Three o'clock, I should be documenting until four. I leave at four forty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're basically the same. I I do that too. Since but since I'm the only physical therapist there, I do my schedule in the morning. Patient, 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 patient. Lunch, patient, patient, patient. Then all my documentations after are like before lunch or while doing lunch. Do the mm-hmm. documentation so that mm-hmm. I can leave uh, by the end of the shift, really. Wow. All right. So it's it's <clears throat> it's very refreshing and also interesting to hear about um, what a full day is like in, in a physical therapist um, life in a psychiatric facility. So thank you for sharing that with us. And we're um, approaching our end of the conversation. But again, thank you for sharing your experience and that new perspective for me in, in terms of psychiatric physical therapy or and handling like patients with mental disorders or illnesses and uh, psychiatric diagnosis. So for, for physical therapists who are probably thinking about going into the setting or will be um, handling patients with uh, a diagnosis of uh, um, like psychiatric diagnosis, what can you advise them in, in terms of handling these types of patients? Um, you have... Um... You have to um, like detach, you know, <laughs> don't take seriously. Yeah. Whatever they tell you uh, or say to you um, that you don't like, <laughs> um, just just leave it there. You know, uh, we know that they're there for a reason. No, they, uh, it's a mental illness. Like you can just say, um, be nice, <laughs> stop being depressed or something like that. Like it's really a disease as I have noticed. Uh, that's uh, because others will just say it's an, it's, you know, it's an, you can just be better uh, get out of that depression by doing positive thinking or something like that. But it, it needed um, treatment, a little bit of medical intervention just to balance the brain chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And uh, yeah leave work at work mm-hmm. take things seriously um and be kind <laughs> because you don't know what what a person is going through right like, that's what i learned like we have patients that um that like like you're on the road you're driving you have a lot of patients who want to kill themselves by crashing their car or crossing in a busy street mm-hmm. like yeah be, just be kind uh, simple examples like that um, and check your friends mm-hmm. going through something. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. Or yeah, for PT, yeah, um, it's it's really simple. Um, 
treatment-wise, but you just have to deal with or how to learn how to, you know, to communicate with the patient, know them, or as what you said, chart review is really important. So you will know what to say, what not to say with these patients. Because I also have patients like who fall on purpose and I ask them why, and they will say, no one's um, paying attention to me. So they just need someone to talk to some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Malingerers it, too. Yeah, we have that. She, I have a patient like, oh, I have vertigo. And it's a young patient. And I ask, what do you feel when you have vertigo? And she's like, I feel dizzy. And then I will, okay, what else? I'm dizzy. Okay, so I'm going to do this test. I do the Vix Alpite maneuver. This is what you will expect. I need to see the, you know, nystagmus and then there's nothing i did the test there's nothing mm-hmm. i think you just need to um i will coordinate this with the doctor mm-hmm. this my test and then i think you have to focus on your treatment so if you're dizzy focus on your meal you're in eating disorder unit something like that mm-hmm. and um what else we did in this class the chemical dependency right mm-hmm. a little beyond that maybe yeah. an overview um with all those detox, alcohol or cocaine, whatever drug addiction they have um, for PT, um, I normally don't want to see them on the first three days. Withdrawal? Yeah, withdrawal. Because they're um, on that first three days, they are really unsteady, shaky, mm-hmm. hallucinating. They're trying to jump out of bed, trying to, they fall, but, but after three or four days, they're fine. They're walking. If I do an early assessment, it's not a real assessment. I tell them, if you want me to do a real balance, a check their balance, um, write an order after day four. So mm-hmm. so if you have those kind of patients. Oh, mm-hmm. Right, right. And especially in your, uh, your setting where you see a lot of like variety of medical diagnosis from, as you mentioned earlier, eating disorder to, to alcohol detox, substance abuse, detox, um, what do you call it? and other like um, dementia and and what else? Uh, well, so it's a lot of like variety of uh, cases and that's when it's really important to have a lot of, like an arsenal of tests that you can use in those patients that so that you can be really guided on how you can approach those types of patients that's very interesting so i i just have my last three bites my last three questions for you before i let you go so um the 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 show is called uh pt meal so it's a complete meal of uh, of information and insight so my last three questions my first question is if your life is a dish what type of dish would it be and why Um, I'm from Bicol, so spicy, spicy mm-hmm. dish. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Specific. Specific. It's lying spicy. Puede, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like lying. it spicy. Yeah, spicy lying. Yeah. So All it's right. exciting. It's uh-huh. Spicy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So exciting lying, spicy lying. All right. Number two. Um, what is your recipe for success? Your personal perspective. What what does it take to be successful? 
um, be a team player. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm not gonna last on this job if I I started being friends with like with CNA or PCT. Mm -hmm. The job easier. Mm -hmm. you me, I help you. Is it easier? Gotcha. Yeah. Mutual um, uh, respect and, and being yeah. a team player. Good. And my last question is, what are the three ingredients that make up Cindy Cecilio? Uh, it may be a motto, uh, a personality, uh, uh, what do you call it? A, a characteristic, a value. So what are the three things that make up who you are? Uh, my my favorite is be kind. Mm -hmm. Don't know what the person is going through. Right. You know, they could be they. All of these patients uh, that I'm working with are high functioning patient in the they're in the community. So yeah, respect or be kind to those patients because you don't know what they're going through. Is that it? No. Uh, two more. You have three ingredients. Um. Ba balance. Um, um, I uh, basically um, I'm trying to balance everything in my life: kids, family, work. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. I'm always rushing my day. Mm -hmm. So, so just focus on what's important. Um, don't like. Um, I used to get like um. Uh, really stressed out with the clutter at home. I have a seven-year-old and, and a two-year-old. Mm. So it, it drives me crazy every day. But yeah, um, you just have to let go the things that you can't control or, you know, you know focus. I, I focus mainly on, on, on schedule for the day, work, leave work at work, pick up the kids, homework. Yeah, it, it's, it's balance, um, balancing your schedule for the day. Right. And the last one? Ah. Do we really need to have a last one? <laughs> Hopefully, um um I can I can do more on this. Um, you know, nobody wants to work on this setting. I wanted, you know. Hopefully, if, if my life is not as busy as now, balancing everything, I can do more research or something about mental health and physical therapy. That would be awesome. But I, I would love to do that. We can work together. Yeah, you can write a book, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's that's my goal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it matters on your question, but yeah. Yes, yeah, that's good. You, you be kind, balancing your life. And doing more uh, mm -hmm. in terms of profession. All right, good, good. So again, I want to thank you for sharing time. I know you're very busy. It's been a long time for us to schedule this, but I really appreciate you for, for doing this and sharing what you know and your experience with uh, our, our audience here. So if there's something that you want the audience to take away, yung pabaon after a handaan, pabaon natin for our, our audience, what would that be? Um, for for this, um, uh, just know your, um, you know, know your what what do you like to do in this profession? Others would like to do in, in specialize in neurology, you know. Mm -hmm. um, ortho. Ortho. 
um, geriatric, um, um, know which one that works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and don't be scared to try new things. Like me, I have no idea what I was going into when I first started this job, but I ended up staying after more than three years. I'm still here and mm-hmm. so it's working. Mm-hmm. Just learn as you go. You know, if they give you something new, um, accept it, accept the challenge and do the job, get the job done. Right. For me, I, I, I took it as a, a learning experience and mm-hmm. trying out something new. That's why I got into this job. And also, this is a traveling position for me that when, and my first assignment. And I was like really excited to hear about working in a psychiatric facility because it's something new, not, not many people. Physical therapists are practicing in this area, so yeah. it's quite interesting. All right, again, again, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you enough for being uh, a guest in the show and and again sharing all those details and and experience with us so that we have an idea what it's like to be a psychiatric physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> again, thank you for listening to PT Mill Physical Therapy Podcast. That is it for this week. Uh, catch us again next week follow us in uh, social media Facebook, Instagram at PTMill Podcast you can send me an email if you want to send some comments or or feedback or if you want to nominate or suggest a a Filipino physical therapist that you think can share uh, his or her experience and expertise in the show Uh, my email is Podcast at gmail.com or send me a private message in the social media. Again, see you next week. Thank you again.